You should be the host here. I'm really laughing at you. We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Hello and welcome back. I'm Alan Quinlan and you're listening to episode 37 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. And with me as always is uh, my colleague, Neve Briggs. You had a busy weekend, Neve. You were, your team were out playing as well. Yeah, tough, tough loss for us this weekend, playing railway. Um, Are you under pressure tricky. now? Are you in danger of getting the sack or anything? <laughs> uh, we've had a tough start, but... Um, We've still got a lot of girls that are coming back a bit like Munster. It's been a little bit uh, of a fractious preseason for us because of the way the season has been structured this this year. So um, we're only getting girls back even this week training because we're only starting back in college. So it's been a bit of a balancing act. But um, we've played well at times the weekend, so that gives me good hope. And how difficult is that? We, we talk, we're we going to talk about preseason in a minute, about Munster and uh your, your team are an amateur team. Uh, some of the girls are maybe as, getting contracts uh, and stuff soon. Yeah. But um, how difficult is pre-season trying to organise people who are not getting paid effectively? They're, most yeah, of them are amateurs. It's frustrating as hell because we, we didn't get the season plan till till June from the, the RFU and majority of those girls that are in college had booked a J1, which is completely fine because of COVID. And you, you can't really say it, like as in, as you say, they're amateur, they're students. Um, so, you know, you, you just hope that they'll do a bit over there but um, it's only when you get back into the pre-season and the season starts so quickly this year usually the AIL starts in October but now it's like a 10 week block straight from September to December um, it's only when you're in it that you're like oh I wish they were back yeah, um, you, can, you, can't, you can't give out to me no really. you can't no 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 it's just so life it's back reality this week, uh, yeah this week and uh, next week um, and Freshers are starting this week in UL as well, or next week, next Monday. So we're going to get a few in with that as well. So it's just trying to balance it, but we don't have a huge amount of time, and that's the big thing about how the season was planned. Um, so yeah, look, it's it's good. It's like we've a lot of new girls, so it's been um, a breath of fresh air to be involved with them so far. But um, we've had a tough first couple of weeks for sure. Uh, we've got to make it right this weekend. You're going to be. Busy as hell as always, but anyway, yes. we'll get on to um, the URC and, and Monsters game against the Dragons. Um, as ever, we want the fans to be involved, and that's the whole uh, really important part of this podcast. Uh, you can always tweet us at Rugby Channel Fifteen or either or either of us at our personal Twitters, um, or leave a comment on YouTube or email us at the Rugby Channel at BowerMedia.ie, and we have a few comments that you're going to talk that were emailed to us but um, I put a tweet out yesterday obviously just asking about what were the thoughts of the performance away to Cardiff at the weekend Um, we spoke last week about the excitement um, of the new coaching team but also about the challenge of going to Cardiff so I think the the reaction and the comments are fairly balanced Um, it's it's certainly too early to be over critical I think Munster themselves will look back and think there was mistakes and errors and situations that could have been better for themselves, but um, the reaction was fairly balanced, I think. Is that fair to say? Yeah, look, completely. I think the big thing is that um, we'll speak about the game in depth in a few minutes, but um, I I don't think we need to press the red big, big red panic button just yet. Um, Brian emailed um, as you said the Rip channel at bowermedia.e any thoughts on OKK and Campbell who did so well last year to, away to Wasps 
there's a lot of talk of working with young lads, but there hasn't been a sign of either of them since the Wasps match. So can I just jump in there? Yeah, you answer that one. So they were both involved Pat- in pre-season, essentially. Well, Patrick Campbell's on the way back from an injury that he got in June with the Irish 20s. He got a significant injury there. He's back, hopefully back training this week, chatting to him last week. Daniel Okeke played the A game um, against Connacht Day last uh, Saturday um, and actually went off injured um, in the first half. But he looks like he's packed a good bit of size again and he looks very fit um, over the preseason. So they're still very young. I think we've got to remember that they've we've got to buy time in terms of Daniel Okeke is a back rower who, you know, we're pretty... We have a lot of like young, good talent that's coming through there in relation to John Hodnett and Alex and Helen couple you know Jack O'Donnell and Peter Armani so it's going to be you know he's going to have to do a huge amount of work I think to be able to squeeze into that um, match day squad relation to Patrick Campbell this guy's electric and I think that um, I'd imagine we would have seen him um, over the preseason maybe the start of the first game had he not been injured um, but um, who knows we'll see him in a few weeks time but he was the under he was under 20 so he was playing with Six Nations under 20s and he was in that kind of um summer series for the under 20s in Italy so um I think that you know he'll be he'll be back fairly soon. Um two two comments on YouTube Quinny. Um Patrick Keane fairly good squad uh bar front row need to sort that ASAP because it's seriously limited. Scandal Archer are not international standard. Young lads behind them need to step up. And as a forwards expert I'm just going to leave that into your hands there. Yeah, well, look, I think all the young players have to step up and, and probably understand the level that's required consistently and, and deal with the physicality and and probably deal with the, the tempo that you've got to play. So um, I think, you know, it's it's going to take time. It's going to take time, like we said last week. And it's about gaining experiences for, for a lot of these players. And sometimes... Um, you know, when we see one-off performances or, or young players getting selected, um, if they don't go as well, we kind of write them off very quickly. So they need to play play games and play regularly and, and you can get a good measure of, of their development and how they're improving them. Yeah, look, I completely agree. Um, we'll talk about them, um, both Kenny Knox and Sal Noah um, later on, but... Um, Adam Hogan on YouTube it's the last one from the YouTube group um, welcome back hope you enjoyed the summer big questions this year around the attack shape though Mike body, Mike Prendergast's body of work gives me hope and the need in my opinion to make it as hard on themselves when they get into the 22 Connacht last season in Galway being the perfect example they hit the line in close for extended periods never looked to go wide even when Connacht compressed on defence need to get better at identifying the wider options in those situations earlier to stress defences and force individual defenders into decisions outside their defensive system. That for me starts at 10 and this is where Joey needs to start talking to his team more, telling them the pictures he's seeing the wider channel and when it's on demanding the ball a la Sexton and Raj before him. Other obvious one is tight heads. I'm crossing my fingers that Knox delivers on his promise in particular as we need a top class tight head to compete. Although that kid in the academy, Dara McSweeney, might be worth a look as well. How many young fellas in Ireland are 130 kgs at 20? So lots in that, to be fair. Yeah, there is a, um, there is a lot in that. And I think, um, you know, just to sum it up, really, of course, the accuracy and, and the shape, um, I think we saw improvements in that. I think, uh, again, it's going to take a little bit of time. 
Um, Keith Wood was on off the ball last night. Rory O'Connor, they were talking about it, and they made per- a perfect point that this, you know, when you're used to a different way of playing, uh, different shape, and your own body language lines are running. Um, under the previous regime, it's going to take a little bit of time right across the board. And given that Munster probably had a lot of chopping and changing in those two pre-season friendlies, and they obviously had to because, um, again, we'll talk about it in a minute, because there's going to be a lot of chopping and changing from round one to round four. You couldn't just go out and pick two settled teams in those two preseason games and expect that they're the first ones are going to play get you through the first block of games because, for obvious reasons, the emerging Ireland in, um, getting internationals back, different changes that are, have to be made. It's been quite difficult, but um, it'll just come with a little bit of time. And I think we certainly saw glimpses at the weekend of of more better shape in attack better lines are running um, and obviously you've got to replicate that time after time to get better and, and become comfortable at it so yeah what that person is saying there is is absolutely correct but it's going to take a little bit of time yeah I love how um, in our tweets um, our listeners are getting really in depth into our shape uh, Sean O'Connor I wasn't expecting a win Munster impl- implementing a brand new defensive shape system and a 3-3-1 attack in shape this will take time and we may say results performances like this for the first few months. Uh, players have been used to playing a certain shape for years under Van Gran and not used to a more expansive game, game plan what Prendy is trying to implement. Biggest so, issue so, the- some people would say, Neve, well, that's their professional players and they should be able to implement it straight away. It's, it's difficult. Believe me, you know from being a player. And, yeah. And myself, it, ta- it takes some time. Yeah. You need yeah. to get a cohesion and, you know, an understanding of players around you as well. And it's difficult, you know, when you get continuity in selection, um, you can, you can do that stuff better. And plus the coaches get more time because you can't stay out in the field for three hours every day doing it. And um, so, yeah, hopefully that will come. But I think I was enthused by some of the shape. It was much better. Things that happened after that shape, we will go into. Yeah. I.e. breakdown and collisions and stuff like that. But the shape was much better. And, and I think, it, you know, for people to understand, like it's really difficult to try and get to match intensity at training. So you don't really know how players are going to react under stressful situations until they're in matches. And then you can fix, and more often than not, you can fix quite quickly. Sean just finished in relation to the offensive breakdown, which we'll, we'll talk in a second about. Seamus Considine, lots of silly handling mistakes, seems to be continuing on from last year. Also, didn't understand the kicking game. You don't win games without the ball, but we kicked a lot away, a lot aimlessly. Um, which I will talk about in relation to that kick strategy. It's a little bit different than what we were used to last year. Declan Lynch, plenty of positives to take. Early days, but scrum line out good. Mobile pack, just need to believe in attack process and the execution will come right. Super kicking, especially out of hand uh, to touch from Ben. So, completely different uh, opinion. Um, Dahi says show me why I bought a a supporters club membership again if there's going to be something sorry again if there's going to be a build to something lay a foundation give me something to get behind I'll be here anyway looking yeah that's that's tough and it's it's so early you know what I mean like obviously we just need and we keep saying it we you need these players need to play together for a period of time just on the kicking strategy um, one of the tweeters there saying aimlessly kicking the ball away. Well, 
We've seen for the last number of years, and this is the reality, Munster slowing down the breakdown, getting set, getting really organised, it's taken 20, 30 seconds, and then we see box kicking, a lot of box kicking, which is quite predictable. Of course, you still need um, you know, the box kick scenario as part of your game, but I think what Munster tried to do at the weekend was to kick a little bit longer, Territory, 100%. Put pressure well, on even, out of, even out of defence, just kick a little yeah. bit longer off nine, and particularly nine, um, rather than going for the box kick option, to actually kick it longer. Okay, there's sometimes it can be a downside where there's a back three there and they counter-attack and they're very dangerous. So you, you kind of have to, you know, understand why you're doing it, when you're doing it, and who you're doing it against. But you need a good kick-chase line. And you're hoping then that, ideally, that you can put pressure on them make the tackle, maybe force a turnover or force them to kick it back um, that you're not putting out into touch every time or that you're you're not slowing the game down. So look, yeah. there's a balance to that. And I think, again, it's something that needs to be worked on. Um, I think there was a lot of frustration the last number of years of Munster slowing the game down um, with and just using box kicks, even out the field. Yeah. So that, if, look, if, we, we'll see an improvement. The pace, here, the pace was really good. Uh, Tom Lundergan, we had an unfamiliar lineup, unfamiliar to us and to themselves, and it showed as it was sloppy and disjointed. The players in the shirt did well enough and came close, leading twice, but never strong enough uh, away to a full card of 15, 14 full internationals. My big worry now, lads, is the emerging IRFU tour of South Africa, which will take 10 players out of Munster ranks for the next four weeks or so. This will be compounded by another 10 international players still missing. If they're not released by the IRFU, we can't possibly sustain that. That's a tough one. Um, and again, we've, we've, we've spoken about that point. Um, yeah. You know, the chopping and change in Munster play, uh, played card after away to Dragons this week. They've got Zebra at home, Connacht away, the Bulls at home, Leinster at home, or Leinster away. So there's six games there that are, there's going to be a lot of changes and, and that's just the reality of the modern game. When I played, um, you know, it was probably more settled as regards and I made that point about pre-season. Most of us played pre-season uh, games. Um, we were allowed to play probably some of the, the you know, we might have missed round one or two, but there wasn't as many much chopping and change. And once we were back, we were back for a period of time. That was when the televisions were in black and white, Quinn. Yeah, but that's right. Was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You had big buttons and no remote controls. You had to get up off the seat to turn the TV on. But look, I, we don't want to over-elaborate the points. And we understand yeah. people, there is a little bit of frustration there. I think people would have been frustrated with some of the mistakes. Let's move on to the game. I want, to, I want your opinion. Okay, so Munster lose 2013, losing bonus point. The first question I want to ask you, would you have taken that before the game, given that Munster were going over playing a team with 14 internationals starting the game? Now, that changed at the start because Owen Lane pulled out in the warm-up and Alad Summerhill came in. And he's, I, he's, as far as I know, he's not an international. So there was 13, 14 internationals yeah. there in the starting lineup. I'd have absolutely taken that. When I go um, through, when I go through the Munster um, team, when I was doing my analysis, um, you know, very inexperienced when it, as regards international rugby. We have a couple of guys there with a couple of caps. Obviously, uh, you know, Chris Farrell, Fekitov played a good bit, of, a lot of international rugby, but then. The rest of the team, a couple of caps here and there, and then some guys, you know, 
I was talking to a Welsh journalist over there on Saturday and he was asking me about some of the players and you know, a lot of them are just Ireland, former Ireland under-20s. Like, they're young. They're 22, 23, 24. Um, so, yeah, you'd have taken it beforehand. I wouldn't yeah, have I would taken have, it, but... I, I would I, have taken I would have taken it considering what I had seen in the first two preseason games. Um, 100%. The, I think the frustrating part is the manners. So, it was things that were in our, like, monstrous control that um, it wasn't that Cardiff were exceptional. I think they played well. Like they had really good individual performances from the likes of uh, Toby Falto. But I think Munster's handling errors and their offensive breakdown were two areas of, of big concern in relation to they stick, you're better at the breakdown. And I think that's a win. If, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't think Cardiff win that game then because I think two of the handling errors were Alex Kendall literally on a line break and he's under the posts. Um, and... Yeah, I just think it was almost like they were trying to force it and the, the harder that they tried, the more things were kind of um, getting upset from them in relation to handling areas. But I do think that they're too small, they're two big areas that you can control and you can so, fix very so quickly. So how, how, how do you fix the handling errors? Um, Chris Farrell, Malachi, Fekitoa, Fel- yeah. they had three handling errors each. So that's six from your two centres. Yeah. And I thought, look, the two were brilliant players and, and um, I thought Fekitoa showed glimpses of of what he what he can do um defensively very strong and even some of the carries he was brilliant great footwork chris farrell i'm a big fan of chris farrell um very uncharacteristic of him um is that a timing issue is it a mental issue or is it does it go back to just new combination i think it's new combination i think it has it's a new but combination as some of the handling errors Neve, were very basic you know, yeah, like, but that, that's like that's that's a player responsibility, Quinny. That's like you can't. That's not you can't turn around and say it's is it this thing or that thing. That's just literally a concentration thing where you're. It, but it's almost like I felt that first ball was dropped by Fektoa, and then they were also like he was trying very hard. Chris Farrell was trying very hard, and sometimes just the game goes away from me. Then all of a sudden, and you're right, you did see small glimpses. My big concern is Chris Farrell's defensive shape. Lots of turned in hips allowed space on that outside, um, kind of left Glean Coombs a little bit um a little bit kind of isolated for a bit. And I think that that was a a trend towards last season as well, is that if you can isolate Chris Farrell in a monster backline, then you've got the ability to be able to probably play outside him. And um until he gets that sorted, I think Monster are showing a sign of weakness there. Yeah, I don't think they were um I actually thought defensively um, their desire, their fitness, all that kind of stuff was really good. Of course, you're going to have some some defensive issues here and there, but they scored three tries, Cardiff. Um, two of them were from set piece, and one was effectively a missed tackle. Um, so the first one. Can I just he- talk about the first try? So for me, that's the completed tackle. Okay, I went back, I had a look at it, I sent it to a, an international referee and that to me is a complete tackle and I was really surprised that Jonathan Callan said an RT at that time that that for him wasn't a complete tackle. Both knees were on the floor and he's still in control of his ankles. Yes, he leaves go to roll away. For me, that kind of player had to release the ball getting up, like get, had to release the ball getting back up. And um, so 
I think Munster are hard done by there, but that's just my opinion. Okay, and, but an opinion of an international referee. That's all I'm saying. I think Finneen Mitchley, who's a very physical player and loves the contact, would be a bit disappointed that he didn't probably get more of an impact in there. Maybe Jean Impact hundred percent, but I still think that, that was a yeah. Okay. Uh, Try was given tackle. though, tackle probably should have been made. Um the other one, um I think I think Alex Kendellan took a heavy knock in the first half. And they run a short line again with Cluellen, who played really well for Cardiff, yeah. Max Cluellen. Um, I played against his father, would you believe? The great, <laughs> this is just the highlighting great, the black and white TV. <laughs> the, the great Welsh captain, Gareth Cluellen. Um, he was with Harlequins was, as well. He was a good player. And yeah. the son was a good player. Very well the other day. He's a very good player. Really good player. And um, he, he, you know, he made a great carry there. Short line off the back of the line-out. But... Munster, Dennis Leamy and Munster themselves would be disappointed with that little pocket that he was allowed to run into. I think yeah. Niall Scannell was on the in, inside. Alex Kendellan probably, I, I, I would say definitely would be would have been a little bit dazed still because he came back on the field after taking heavy knock. He passed all his tests and then just didn't look himself and, and Munster in fairness took him off again which was which was the right thing to do and I think that played a part in that with him not getting off the line there um, Cluellen goes straight through passes to, to Christian Dacey and they score again it was a disappointing one yeah. certainly because Munster you know had taken the lead and worked their way up the field a couple of times um, that one was disappointing and obviously the try at the end of the scrum um, which nearly took away their their, their bonus point if they okay. kicked the conversion I think that was defended poorly. Um, yeah. And again, so there's three tries there that I think in another day, you know, Munster, you're always going to have a mistake here and there, but I think they would be disappointed with that. Um, so that's, that. they were probably some negatives there, you know, to concede two set-piece tries and maybe, you know, like the Finney Mitchell one, they're just unlike him unlike Alex Kendellan, because I think he's been a brilliant player for Munster since he's come on the scene and has a big part to play this season. Um, and then the end, I just think Jack Crowley and, and Liam Coombs are a little bit flat-footed. Uh, Ray Lilo's yeah. great footwork and he's a danger the way he shimmied a little bit, but it's a soft try. It's, it was a little bit of a hammer blow at the end. Munster were trying to get themselves up the field to try and, uh, you know, try and get an opportunity to, to maybe get a shot at goal and win the game. The other negative, I think, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk on the positives in a minute. Um, for you, and I think it's pretty obvious, the breakdown situation. So for yeah. you as a coach, how, how do you fix that and what went wrong with Munster? For I, Munster? That, yeah, that's just a, a, a timing issue. So they changed their attack shape that you're going, some players will have to like double job. So if the first pod carries in, they already have two players there. The big thing is, is that, you know, you can't wait until a ball carrier goes to ground in order to be able to clear out the threat. You've got to take the threat as the ball carrier goes into contact. And the way the game is now is that if you have any little bit of separation, players are just too good over the ball now. And, and, and that's the thing. So that's an easy enough fix. You just turn in terms of the timing, in terms of focusing the mind on the threat as opposed to the ball. And um, so you can literally just you know, you can clear it as they're going to ground. And then that just leaves the ball on the play for the line. The issue Finn, is that as the ball goes further out, it's almost a case of, you know, if we get a half break 
and we manage to get an offload and then that offload gets tackled, we don't seem to be in a position to have players high enough up the pitch and support. So that will be a big area of focus for them this week, I'd imagine. Was, was, was there a situation of, um, with the attack shape that they were playing that a lot of the time, and we saw some of the turnovers where Munster players got ahead of the ball carrier, certainly with some of the passes played out the back, that they were actually ahead of the, of the, the, the ball player at times. And then, obviously, credit to Cardiff because they were very, very aggressive and very technically uh, astute, astute at what they were trying to do and turning Munster over. And there was a couple of big turnovers, wasn't there, in crucial moments when yeah. Munster were, looked yeah. like they were going to, you know... They were getting oh, phases together. Yeah, they were getting yeah. some phases and there was some opportunities there and they just, it, you know, Cardiff turned it over. The, the big thing for me in relation to that tax shape is that I felt like you're 100% right in terms of players being ahead of the ball times, but it was also a case of as they came into that 15, 20 metre channel, like as they swing in, they, they become very flat and very little, you know, it's hard to see who's promoted in relation to being that ball carrier. And therefore, if everybody's kind of indecisive about where the ball is going, they don't really know about where the next ruck will be. So, look, they're, they're easy fixes, though, Quinny. Like, they are easy fixes, to be fair. Easy fixes. Not yeah, they are. Take... They are. Okay. It's going to take time. Like, don't get me wrong. It's, and is that a case of... Right? It's going to be January slash February before Munster gets to grips with the new coaching system, the new attack shape, the defensive shape, what they're looking for at set piece, the intricacies of what they're looking to do in relation to that, that you know, one three three one or whatever they're, they're running. That, that's, that's going to take a huge amount of time. And as Munster supporters... You know, we've got to afford them that time. And like, it's very frustrating to look at, you know, things written afterwards in relation to oh, it's the same old monster. It's not. It couldn't have been further from the truth. We literally, like, looking at Kenya Knox playing that tight, far long role in relation to that out the back pass from um, out the back pass to Ben Healy as um, just after Aline Coombs break. All those things wouldn't have happened 10 months ago. So, like, I think we just got to. Have a bit of patience. Okay, so the negative at the end of the season. Yeah, the negative situations for Munster at the weekend were breakdown and probably handling errors. I think. Yeah. Um, they're the two that kind of stand out. We believe they're fixable. They will come. Be- they will be a lot better at time. Positives. Um, quickly, we'll try and cover these off. Uh, for me, I think Munster created a lot of opportunities. They had plenty of yeah. line breaks. Uh, well, not clear cut line breaks, but plenty of movement yeah. and defenders beating. Um, the shape was a lot better. I thought that defence in the goal line in the first half was outstanding. And that's yeah. what builds a bit of a bond within a group as well. Cardiff kept picking and going, picking and going. I thought Munster were smashing them back. They forced Cardiff into an inaccuracy, a penalty given to that, uh, you know, against Cardiff. I just thought that was a big moment for Munster. And I thought it gave me a little bit of a feeling that, you know, maybe they can win this game. Those kind of moments in the game are big. Um I thought that was brilliant, that defence in the goal line. I thought the kicking accuracy was, was uh, the kicking strategy was, was a positive, even though some of the kicks at times, I think, were, you know, they looked like they didn't know what they were doing, but they did. They're kicking long to try and get a kick chase up the field. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, they stayed right in the fight as well against a very good yeah. card of sight. Uh, Talupi Falato was outstanding. I think he caused, you know, he causes a lot of prob- 
he stands out in international level and for yeah. British and Irish lines. I think he's a great signing for them against a very strong team. The set piece was good. Um, and we're going to talk more about the two tight heads in a minute. Um, scrum and lineup were good. And I think they, um, they're the foundations that you want to try and build and have a good standard as, and you notice as a coach, if your scrum line out um, are, are, are good and that are improving, you're always going to lose a line out or two or, you know, get a team contesting against you, I think. But I thought that that was good against a very, very strong, the two props that played for Cardiff for, you know, both of them played against South Africa in the summer. So they're, they're, they're very good players. Um, so I think there's, there's, there's a lot of positives there. I think created a lot of opportunities that defense on the goal line, the fitness of the monster team, which would have been something that, um, you know, every team can get fitter and get sharper and all that. But I thought they stayed going. There was, you know, I didn't see any of them slacking it off and they didn't look tired. I think they could have played on for another 10 minutes at the end of the game. And they were the team trying to work their way out of that card of half to try and get up the field. Um, were they a little bit naive in, what, in running the ball out like that? I think at that last penalty where Calvin Nash kind of gets stopped on the gain line and the resulting scrum... Cardiff scored a try. I think maybe, you know, should you be playing that up the field and kicking it up there, trying to get a bit of territory? There wasn't much left in the game. So I think a fair few positives. Um, I wouldn't be over alarmed because it was a very strong Cardiff side. And I think, you know, they can learn from that when they sit down with the coaches and look at the video, but they certainly have to be better at the breakdown and, um, and, and and with their handling errors, because I think if they didn't have all those handling errors, I think they may have uh, you know may, may have won the game. And what do you think? Yeah, look, I thought I actually thought there was um, without sounding patronising. I thought there was a, a lot of really good stuff in relation to the movement of the ball. Um, yeah, look, there are definitely areas we've spoken about their handling. We talk about the centres; they definitely have to improve. But I like the fact that that back three were very hungry for work. I like the fact they worked up, open quite a lot off their wings. I like the fact that Shane Daly got on the ball a lot. I actually think he's a really good player. I like to see more of him. And um, and I was actually, I really liked what Jack Crowley brought to the party. And once he came on, I thought he moved the ball really well and he moved players around. He's got a ridiculously good little step. And um, so, yeah, look, I think there were positives. They will be annoyed at themselves this week because I feel like what... You know they could have controlled a lot more of those, those mistakes and those issues, but um, we just got to see them improving now, Quinny, this week, and that's the most important thing. Okay, just before we move on to look at the Dragons game, um, I think we've we've uh, highlighted the issues. Um, I think we we've given them credit for you know staying in the fight, certainly against a very strong Cardiff side. Um, something we're going to do this year is is and we said it. I said it last week. It was the start of the week. It's difficult to pick the star of the week when you lose a game. And even though some of the performances, I think we, we, we I know major standouts. There wasn't a big debate here as regards to standouts. I thought Paddy Patterson played well. Um, Jack O'Sullivan had a really good performance. Uh, Jack O'Donoghue was good. Um, but for me, I think the star of the week is kind of a joint award this week. And, Really, it's an area that we've we've spoken about and lots of people are concerned about is the front row. So I thought Keenan Knox and Roman Salanoa um, 
that was a really, really big positive. So I'm not sure if you agree with me, but I'm going to give them a joint award of star, stars of the week, given the fact that they were up against Reese Carey and he's an international prop, a very, very, very strong prop. And I just thought that um, their body shape, um, their carries, their tackles, um, play around the fields um, was really good. Keenan Knox was, uh, had a really good game. And then yeah. I thought when Roman Salanoa came on, he smashed two or three Cardiff fellas, uh, made some really good carries, um, and his scrum was perfect as well. So uh, we're going to, it's a kind of a joint award this week that, that uh, we're going to give it to Keenan Knox and Roman Salanoa. Yeah, and obviously this was an area of concern that a lot of the you know the supporters had highlighted throughout you know the end of the season. And I think we should say, Nave, it's very early days, and we're not getting excited. I'm not getting excited here. Going, these guys are going to go on and dominate. <laughs> you look Euro- <laughs> at European level, but you know it's a positive against against an international front row. You know what I mean? Christian You've been very positive today, Quinny. Are you feeling all right? <laughs> trying to cheer myself up as well I think you're right I think we've spoken about this and the and you've spoken at length over the last year in relation to the front row and um, and you know those kind of weaknesses in those areas and and the game is moving on now you need to have the ability to have ball in hand you need to be explosive you need to be able to be brilliant at scrum you need to be able to be brilliant at line out and it's tough ask now for front row players to to be you know, incredibly successful at the top of the game because you have to be, it's almost like you're multifaceted. You have to be brilliant at everything. And I think you're 100% right. I think in both Kenya Knox and um, Roman Salanoa, we saw glimpses of something that's really good. The fact that Kenya Knox seems to have a really good pair of hands in terms of his ability to play those little tip passes. That's going to be huge because he's a big guy for somebody so young. And, um, and he's you know, going to draw in the defenders like like Satari Farlam does. If you've got the ability to be able to move the ball even a metre away from your body, then you're creating little gaps for other people. So Noah's now going with the emerging tour. Um, so that's going to be a pity for him because you'd imagine that he would have seen a little bit more game time over the next couple of yeah, weeks. Yeah, and it's, in a sense, there but, was a little... But, but he's going on really good coaching and uh, high-level games in terms of high-level training over in in South Africa, hopefully, so yeah, maybe I he think learns there. He, yeah, I, I think he needs to he needs to keep going now, and uh, both of them do. I think they need to be more physical. I think, as I said, the set piece was good. Um, it's very early days; they're going to get sterner tests, and um, you know, to get get up to that that level. Salanoa's injury profile worries me a small bit. Yeah, but if he can get a run of games, hopefully, we can get to see the best out of him. Yeah, we should mention. Um, so well done to both of them. It was a good start for them. Um, there's 10 players away. Before we get on to the Dragons, Jack Crowley, Shane Daly, Anton Frisch, Calvin Nash, Thomas Ahern, Dermot Barron, John Hodnett, Alex Kendell and Roman Salano and Josh Witchery are, are going to be unavailable this week. Uh, Munster actually just put it up on their Twitter page there that it's confirmed they're all unavailable. I think they meet up with the, on Friday and they travel on Sunday. Um, Munster have kind of... <laughs> bit of work to do to get into their depth chart of getting a team together for another tricky away game against the Dragons on Sunday who were beaten 44-6 by, by Edinburgh at the weekend and their their director of rugby Dean Ryan, he came out with pretty scathing comments after the game um, so 
Edinburgh beat them 44 6. This will be easy for Munster, will it? <laughs> no no <laughs> chance. See, there'll, no be, chance. There'll, have, I, there'll have to be a, a reaction. Um, that was a really, really poor performance from the Dragons. Yeah, I did see, Neve. I did watch the, the, the game back, and I think, in fairness, Edinburgh are an incredibly dangerous team. They showed last year in, in, in patches how dangerous they are with the yeah. ball and how effective they can be when they get their internationals around them. And um, they have a lot of good players, I think. And I, Mike, completely, but... Mike Blair's done a great job. But I think some of the tries were freakish as well, that they scored bounces of the balls and, and just mistakes. So what I'm saying is this will be a totally different scenario on Sunday for Munster. I've been to Rodney Parade when I played, when, as you say, when televisions were black and white. But it's a very, very tough place to go. And I think you have to be physically ready. Um, you know, Munster should be expecting to go there and win. And having a, you know, their goal should be to go there and win the game. There's going to be an angry reaction. When you have a director of rugby and a head coach basically calling out the players' desire, work rate, commitment to the jersey, um, there's, there's, Definitely going to be an angry reaction from the Dragons this week, I think. Yeah, look, I was pretty shocked at um, his interview after the game. Um, first game in and um, he's clearly seen something over pre-season that he's not been happy with and it's obviously festered maybe into the first game. He has to see a reaction this weekend. Like They've signed a lot of new players. JJ Hanron is playing for them that a lot of Munster fans will know. Um, and you know, they've this new pitch and new in, you know, they put a lot of work in behind the scenes. I I would just yeah, they're gonna have to see a reaction. I still think irrelevant of those ten players going away going away with the Virgin Ireland, hopefully we'll see some senior players back in. I still think Munster should win this game and they should be targeting that. And I would be disappointed if they didn't. Is there a chance that any of the internationals may may be available this week? Um, when you I, look at I, Kieran Frawley yeah. being available for Leinster, Stuart McCluskey, the Connacht the players are going to be their internationals. Yeah. So should Munster have a case to get one or two of the players or a couple 100%. of players back? Yeah, hopefully. Uh, we don't know what the situation is yeah. there, but like yeah. I would I would think that um, um, that's something that they should be pushing for anyway to get some of the yeah. players who didn't start the tests maybe back and, and bolster. I'd, I'd imagine I'd imagine a conversation, you know, would have shifted straight away once they realised that the emerging tour was coming in. Okay, look, if we're going to give you 10 players, then we have to have some sort of return in. So we need to be able to bring in some of those guys. And um, yeah, look, hopefully that that would be the case. It's important, I think, that um, these guys get back in and get playing and... Um, I, I met Craig Casey last week and he's hopping off the ground to get back in there so um, yeah I th- I'd imagine we'll see some of those names coming back in And um, but even at that I think um, Munster should have um, enough for this Dragons albeit we should see a reaction we have to yeah. see a reaction from Munster too Quinny so we have to see those days. mistakes being cut we have to see the breakdown being a little bit more efficient we have to see that continuation of a good set piece all of that has to continue on. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, because it's not as if Munster are going there on the back of a win and in, in great yeah. form. I think they'd have been very, very disappointed and, and upset and frustrated themselves internally. Um, so hopefully they will yeah. bring a reaction themselves. But um, certainly just because Edinburgh beat beat the Dragons 44-6 doesn't mean that Munster are going to go there. And I think they're going to have to work incredibly hard yeah. Um, you saw what the Dragons did to Leinster last year in round two, I yeah. think. 
Leinster barely won that game. Yeah. Um, so it's it's they're going to make it really difficult for Munster. And you know, Munster are a big scalp for them if they can get back on on track. Well, um, you know, the crowd will be it'll be cheering them on there. It's a fairly kind of raucous, noisy place, and and that's what they'll be trying to do on Sunday. Um, so anyway, it's too early in the week for us. We don't know what kind of a team that are play. Again, we reiterate the point: there's ten Munster, ten of these players away with Ireland. We don't know what the situation with the, is with the internationals and who's coming back. Simon Zebo was ill last week, so he will be back available. I think Stephen Archer might be back as well, so um, they'll certainly be a boost. So that's it. We've got to leave it there. That's episode thirty-seven of the Red Seventy-Eight wrapped up. To make sure you get your podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red Seventy-Eight. And press subscribe. And don't forget to get in touch with your thoughts on all things Monster throughout the week. If you want, uh, you can get a, uh, your thoughts in before the match or after the game. I'll be sending a tweet out next week as well. So you can tweet us at Rugby Channel 15 or else tweet Neve and myself at our own Twitter handles. Uh, or you can leave a comment on YouTube or send an email. Um, that's another option now as well. We can get emails as well. It's great. Um, so that's it for this week. Uh, hopefully we'll be... Uh, talking about a, a performance next week and, and a win because I think it's a really, you know, you end up, it's a difficult start for Munster being away for the first two. And I think um, you, you you don't get some wins in these early rounds and you're starting to run out of out of, out of of matches because there's going to be a lot, a lot of tough games throughout the season. And this is certainly a game that Munster, I think it's a must-win game for them on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, thanks, Neve. Chat to you next week. Thanks, Quinny. The Munster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Adam Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.